Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. All right, so first of all, I promised that those clips being like 75% against Ohio State was not pre-planned. That was just was already there. That out. <laughs> That's just how it was. Well against Ohio State. Um, but welcome back, everybody. This is our first podcast in a long time. Uh, welcome back to the Boiler Express podcast. I'm your host, Alton Boiler. We've got the normal crew here, minus Russ. But we do have a special guest with us today. Uh, we've got Brant from Big Banter. Brant is the CEO and president of Big Banter, um, which is a partnership that we've recently got ourselves involved with that we'll um, talk about here in a little bit. But how's everybody going? How's everybody been doing since we've last met? It's been a while. Feels good to be back, man. Does. Brant, busy. A how did that Rondell Moore highlight feel? Just want to know. Was that tough for you? Shots fired. Shots fired early. <laughs> I mean, starting off that, that whole no, I, I saw the David Knox highlight there. And uh, if that know. was who it was, if it was Ron Amor, don't know. They both just kind of dunked on us that night. <laughs> it, it, it started with that. And then everything after that was just you guys smacking on Ohio State. So definitely uh, hurt me a little bit watching those highlights. Uh, <laughs> making me uh, happy that it's not uh, sports season right now. But um, – yeah, um, nice uh, to be on the pod here with you guys. Thanks uh, for having me on. I'm super Absolutely. excited. But uh, yeah, honestly, I was waiting for him to just be like, yeah, how are those uh, not national championships that you've played in, Dylan? Like, that's what I was waiting for him to. Hey, to you know where there. our banners are? On the moon. Huh? Take that. That's how's that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's been a few years since we've, we've pulled one up. Uh, but I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes this year. We'll see. There's a chance. So that's something not to get too sidetracked or anything, but I've seen a little bit of uh, comparison from uh, Ryan Day to Urban Meyer, obviously, and folks may be saying that Ryan Day has not done that great of a job, which is crazy to think, uh, at least from my perspective as a Purdue fan, because I'm like, oh, my God, the guy wins so many games every year. He's always in the race for conference championship, national championship. So what, what, do, you, what do you think, Brent? You know, I, I love Ryan Day. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great coach. But at the end of the day, when you're the coach of Ohio State, you've got to beat Michigan. That is the one one thing you have to do. I'd rather go one and eleven and beat Michigan than make the national championship and lose and lose to Michigan in that same year. That's like, true yeah, right there. That's just, that that's how important that game is. And I think it's gonna I think it's gonna click for Ryan Day um, this year. I I mean he's beat Michigan in the past. He struggled the last two years, but I think he's really starting to understand that the importance of that game and uh, I'm confident that um, he's, he's going to pull it together. I think the good thing though in that series is that Michigan's pulled up their end of the bargain, kind of like Indiana Purdue basketball where both yeah. teams are pretty competitive and things are, are back and forth. So it's good to see that Michigan's won a couple. So it's a little less loud. Very true. It was just, it was just kind of us handing their asses to them every single year. And <laughs> um, it, I mean that that first loss there uh, two years ago really really stung. Like uh, I just sat around the house the rest of the day. Probably said like three words the rest of the day, just speechless. But um, and then it happened again the very next year, and I was at the game that time, and it was in Ohio, um, in the shoe, not expecting uh, that to happen the way that it did. But 
same story, different year. Um, hoping it goes better this year. Yeah. What's up, Russ? Like Welcome back to uh, the the podcast. Nice of you to join us finally. Did the aide at the nursing home have to wake you up? Yeah, no, uh, my garage was a yard sale war zone, so I had to dust off the laptop and find it and the table and the mic and my headset. So, yeah, and I mowed right before, so that probably wasn't a good idea. Like, And that's Midwest. Exactly what are you going to do so. for a Midwest pod- podcast? I mean, that's Between happen. catching horses and mowing yards. Amen, brother. Look at us, Russ. Sure. Same thing. Same thing. Exactly. I mean, I had some stuff going on before, but. <laughs> oh, my God. And by the way, you. I also wanted to track down this cup just for this podcast. Oh, I see what you did like, there. I just wanted to make There's sure that tall I guy. ready. That's the tall cup. <laughs> the guy who's just tall and not skilled at all. You know. You, by the way, what is all this? Like, I had to dig it out of the box and do it. Were you like? Were you? Were you putting up? Like, were you done? Were you just putting in your throwing in the keys? Were you retiring? Were you retiring from the podcast? He's not going to tell us. Age. <laughs> you, yeah, you are. You all should have seen the garage. We had uh, yard sale stuff from like four different households. So yeah, I had to like, I had to box myself up and separate it so it didn't get put in the yard sale. And Did then the wife put a stuff price sticker in your forehead? So yeah, no. Free to a good home? Um, no. So like, I actually ran out of the house and went and uh, played in a scramble that day. So uh, luckily, I How'd didn't you get put on the block. Yeah, yard sales so, are the worst, yeah. honestly. But. Uh. Uh, not straight, yeah, Dylan. Well. Not straight. It was uh I played army golf. I played left, yeah, right, nice. left, you know. I nice. so. thought you were in the marine though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> nice. Well, let's have uh Brant kind of explain a little bit about uh the collaboration and kind of the whole uh whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. So as you guys may know, um the Boiler Express team here has partnered with us over at Big Banter. Um we are a startup uh, sports platform um, focused solely on Big Ten content, and we're aiming to deliver you the best of the best. And that's what these guys here at Boiler Express bring you, as you all know. Everyone tuned in. Um, so we, we've been partnering with uh, different podcasts across the Big Ten, uh, covering specific Big Ten teams. Um, our goal is to have all 14 uh, football podcasts uh, locked in by the end of July is our goal. And we're, we, we're making some good progress there. We're, we're, we're being very diligent in making sure we get the best of the best. Um, but we're, we're, we're locking them in one by one. And we're, we're super excited about the content that these guys are going to deliver to you. Um, truly unique. And uh, being all together under one platform, we're going to have the cool opportunity to like have collab podcasts like leading up to the big Purdue-Indiana game. This year, these guys are going to hop on with our Indiana partners, the LEO podcast, just kind of talk, talk some smack back and forth together. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a fun season. And I'm super excited for uh, what we're building out out here. Awesome. So um, what was the inspiration behind you guys starting this uh, new group? So, yeah, um, I actually just graduated from Ohio State, as you guys may have caught on um, early in the mm-hmm. podcast, uh, the, the Buckeye talk there. But I graduated from Ohio State last year with a marketing degree. Um, so I've been working in digital marketing for about a year, um, which it, it's great. Nothing, nothing to complain about. But my true passion is sports and sports media specifically. Um, so I've been just kind of searching for ways to kind of put in the door there and then just kind of decided, you know what? Why not just kind of start up uh, something, something on my own? So I'm, I honestly don't even know how the idea of Big Banter came to fruition. 
but it just kind of popped in my head one day. I was like, you know, um, there's not really any any kind of platform where you have a podcast covering each of the Big Ten teams, um, just kind of delivering the content in a unique way where it's just kind of not too into the X's and the O's, but just kind of a group of guys getting together, talking some ball, um, and, of course, other stuff too, not just not just solely ball, but just whatever comes up. Um, and kind of horses. finding – Yeah, sorry. Yeah, horses. No, horses, you know. <laughs> anything, anything. But, yeah, um, just finding a group like that for – each um, of the Big Ten schools, and then just kind of stringing them all together under one entity, and it it's been going great so far. Awesome, very cool. So, um, I know that you said you uh, you're almost you've got almost everything lined up and, and everything like that. I uh, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Um, I know we've got a space to talk about content and and everything, but I definitely think there needs to be. We need to get all the heads of the just all the groups together on one big call and talk about like a season preview. And then whatever group is close enough, they get some kind of a trophy or something. And that gets like goes to wherever each year. I think that'd be really cool. That is probably the greatest idea I've ever heard. (laughs) I mean, I I definitely had I was planning on getting everybody together for um, for something at some point. But a season preview. I mean, why not? But the idea is born right here right now there you go what uh <clears throat> just uh who so just some some big 10 questions just to get your thoughts on the big 10 and everything because i know that with you kind of running the the whole show you're not going to necessarily be involved in like the pod the ohio state podcast and everything mm-hmm. uh, who is your big 10 favorite um who do you think is overrated this year in football and you can't just say michigan um and then who is your underdog like who's your dark horse Okay, so as far as Big Ten favorite, this one is I – mean, it pains me so much to say. But, it, I mean, it's, it's also the mainstream pick, so it's kind of lame of me to say it too. <laughs> but it, it, it's got to be Michigan just because of how much they're returning on both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, they're, they've won back-to-back titles. I think they're the pretty clear-cut favorite in the Big Ten this year. Um, even – even with Ohio State returning the talent that we're returning with, like Marvin Harrison and that guy, Buka, all the offensive pieces we're returning, and honestly, a lot of defensive pieces returning as well. Uh, I still think Michigan's kind of got a head up on us. I really hope that this <laughs> year that we can kind of turn it back around, but I, they've got to be the early favorite. Overrated. Um, that's a tough one. Um, let's. We can start with underrated. Okay. I think. I think Wisconsin is my pick for underrated this year. Um, I really think that Luke Fickle is going to go in there in year one and do something special. I think bringing in Tanner, Tanner Mordecai was very, very underrated of a move. I mean, the dude just went through for a ton of yards last year at SMU. Granted, he wasn't an area offense. But, the, I mean, I think Luke Fickle's got the pieces to build something special. And Braylon Allen is definitely no joke. I think he could have a breakout year as well. Yeah, he definitely did against uh, uh, against Purdue last year. So, yeah, and as far as underrated, I'm going to go Northwestern. They're already ranked at the bottom, but I think they should be ranked even worse. I mean, <laughs> I love Pat Fitzgerald. He's had some miracle runs with those guys, but their their roster is very underwhelming. And 
at with Northwestern, you're either going to get like a 10 and two season, big, big 10 West champs go onto the championship game and get pounded by us, or you're going to get a like two and 10 season. And there's really no in between with them. And the way it's looking, I know they just grabbed Ben Bryant out of the transfer portal from North or from Cincinnati. Um, I've got some buddies who go to Cincinnati, probably Ben Bryant's number one, number two, and number three um, biggest haters. So <laughs> we'll we'll see um, how he pans out. Obviously, hope the kid does well, um, and hope I, I do like Pat, Pat Fitzgerald. I hope he can uh, string together a special season. But that, they're going to be my pick for uh, most overrated, even being picked last. In <laughs> so. Purdue or um, Ohio State comes to Ross Aid this year. On a scale of one to ten, how nervous are you? Well, it depends. If you put that game under the lights, oh yeah, that's true. It's over. Time. You know what happened last time? Black out the stadium and um, wasn't Dwayne the only thing blacked out. out. I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> Chris over there took care of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh. It's probably not going to be a night game. We have a lot of night games on the schedule already this year. Um, I, I'm interested to see how Purdue performs this year. You know, first year head coach. They all are, yeah. Yeah, new quarterback. The expectations are honestly probably a big question mark for the team. They could be really good. They could be. They could struggle in year one with uh, Coach Walters. Um, I will say, I'll we'll put this on the record right here, right now. I'm not that concerned. Oh, oh. It too. I think Ohio State's got in the bag this year against Purdue. But okay. you never know. All right. <laughs> you never know. I respect the fact right you come onto right a Purdue podcast and you're just like, take that. I respect the hell out of You know, I will say the the game where you guys beat us in 2018, Which one? 17. Oh. The, the most recent one, the one under the, the light. The has started, but, boys. Yeah, the, 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 one, the one we saw the highlight from here in the intro. Uh, that game, I actually had horrible, horrible feelings about, and I just, I, I didn't think we were gonna win, and we went and got our asses handed to us. There needs to be a movie written about that game because of like the story behind it, the Tyler Trent game, uh, just the what Ohio State had in the palm of their hands. What was yeah. at stake for that game? Um, I think Purdue was on a three-game win streak at that point. They lost the first get three games of the season to very not good teams and then uh won three in a row and then made that four in a row right there uh yeah i stand by that there should be a movie made about that game one day i think the backdrop behind us is from that game correct we didn't even play in that oh yeah it is gotta be i think it's gotta be Um, i see some yeah i I remember before that game uh because i i went to that game i think a few of us here were at that game and that was like the big talking point among like the tailgating crew that I was with. It's like we have nothing to lose. Like if we lose, so what? Like we're gonna lose. Uh, we were supposed to lose. If we win, like we have everything to gain. Um, I don't want to say necessarily the team had that mentality, but uh, they came to play. I mean, that was the uh, yeah. That, that was is I was one of the most like proud moments for me as a Purdue fan. Like I'm happy I was here. Yeah, because remember, we're, used, we're used to getting our souls crushed. So I, yeah, yeah. No, I mean they really came to play that game, and at the end of the day. Um, I'm happy for the team. Obviously, happy for all Purdue fans, but especially happy that Tyler Trent got to see that because that that had to been right. awesome for him. I well, do think that <clears throat> this upcoming season for Purdue, like if they do really well, it's great. But if they don't, they've got like the ninth hardest schedule in the country because of everybody they play, they play what like five conference champions or 
teams that played in their conference championship game or something like it's some astronomical stupid numbers like yeah, i think purdue only has one non-power five opponent and that's oh, fresno good. state but they still and they're conference. still pretty good fresno state's a, a respectable team yeah yeah, yeah so there's there's really no cupcake games for purdue I remember yeah, we, the years of losing to MAC teams. So yeah, and then and then you get uh, Michigan over here playing ECU, Western Liberty Central, and like East Butler University. Like it's on like Alabama's yeah. schedule. <laughs> no, it, their schedule is probably the. Yeah, let's talk about SEC. If we're gonna schedule. trash, yeah. I mean, no, yeah, SEC. I mean, Georgia's schedule might even be worse than uh, Michigan's. Hmm. Do we have a Michigan podcast set up yet, or? Yeah. Uh, that is that is, is not the, the one that you guys are going to leave out. Just like forget. I wouldn't be mad if we did. We, we, we do have one in the works. I'm actually pretty excited about uh, those guys. I uh, was actually talking on the phone last night to uh, Jason, our contact over there. So we're, we're to be announced soon. Uh, we're, so we're working out some things. But, nice little teaser. Uh, yeah, so Frank yeah. and I are actually going to that Michigan game. That's planned on the schedule. So, oh, that's cool. Something. Fun, wow, good wow. for you guys. Huh? That... We uh, try and maybe try and wow. get the pods to meet up for a picture. Yeah, uh, that's that's the goal. If anyone's road trip and definitely uh, try to have everybody meet up. I think the whole one... is going to Virginia Tech, right? Everybody here is. Yeah, yeah, but they're not in the Big Ten, so. Yeah, thanks, bud. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get invited to the Michigan game. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, we're not cool enough, Damon. You know, Russ is too old to go that far. So, you know, that happens. <laughs> you got to sign him out before you take him. He can go to Virginia, but not Michigan. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I'm surprised you even remember the road trip, Dylan. <laughs> it is bad. I yeah, barely remember we had a podcast. So yesterday, uh, Dylan actually had the idea of like bringing one of you guys on. <laughs> and he was like, hey, man, you should uh, message somebody. And I was like, okay. So I immediately messaged you. You're like, yeah, let's do it. I tell them. He's like, oh, cool. And he even updates our Twitter banner Twitter banner to like have a thing with like a partnership. And it says your guys's, it has your guys' logo on our Twitter banner now. And then today he's like, oh, dude, did you find somebody from Big Banner to be on the podcast tonight? I was like. Yes. Now listen, you know what? You can't have looks and brains. Okay, you gotta have one or the well, other. Nice both, bud. Oh <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Top rope. I see it. All right. <laughs> I was really hoping Chris was just gonna tumble out of the mouth. This chair. <laughs> no, he's gonna oh sign off God. because he's already tired of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like uh, these guys. Are- we're gonna to need to find a new Purdue podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, does anybody else have uh, any last questions here for Brant before we uh, before we let him go for the night? Anybody? Anybody? Nope, nothing. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for cool. uh, for reaching out to us for having us as a part of your guys's uh, your startup, and we look yeah, forward to working together and getting uh, getting the show on the road. Like I I know our group chat. We've been through the moon, the this opportunity and the thought that would be. Oh yeah, we're we're definitely super pumped about about having you guys on and everybody else uh, we've gathered up so far. Um, we we really think we're Science both. Says IU kids. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, IU guys. Uh, yeah, often Donut. If you're listening, wait, was that his name? Is that his name? Often Donut or often Donut? Yeah, yeah, if you're listening to this right now, calling you out, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. no, it'll be a lot of fun for sure. We're excited. Yeah, thanks a ton, guys, for uh, having me on. I appreciate yeah. it. And absolutely. We'll Alrighty. Have a good one, man. See you guys. 
Okay, now that he's gone, let's talk yeah, about this game, this road trip that was planned he, without us. Yeah, what the hell? We there was nothing in the group chat about it either. Uh huh. Wow. <laughs> shows shows his side, favorites. Come on now, get it out. <clears throat> no. Okay. Wait, Russ, well, are you I, going? I don't. I don't know how it came to be. Um, it, it all. It all. I'm going. Just slipped and said, "Hey, do you want to go to Michigan?" Yeah. <laughs> no. This this was planned at the Wisconsin game. Yeah. Last year. My feelings yeah. are hurt. Well, so I went around. Those of us who went to the Wisconsin game is like, you know what? Next year we're just going to go to Michigan, and it was planned at that point in time. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, so um, tickets were on sale then. Huh. To, to play devil's advocate to Dylan and Damon, Chris and Frank were like original no. members of the thread, you know and then you know I was added in, and then Damon, mm-hmm. and then Dylan. So like, they are like. The, of the five of us, they're the two originals. I get so it, Russ. Okay, it. cool. It was, it was, it was uh, me, me, Chris, and Nick. Shout out, Nick. Shout yeah. Nick. yeah, shout Nick. out, Nick. Oh, Nick, rest in peace. Nick is like the guy on the couch from Half Baked. You know, he's our producer. He's the yeah, producer. He, he never shows yeah, up. He, he just tells us. He tells us when the show sucks. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to say that real soon. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, you scared off Brant. Like the deal's done. <laughs> yeah, he took back his deal. He said the manager with no experience. <laughs> Nick doesn't well, deserve that. Uh, My goodness. Since we're talking about football. Since we're talking about uh, you know going maybe going to some games. Uh, some of us going to some games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nice segue. There's some there's some big football news that's happened recently. Um, we we have five players drafted in this last draft. Uh, yeah, which is pretty impressive, honestly. Um, yeah, hey, who day, I, by the way? Chuck Sizzle coming here. Let's go. So I'm I'm excited that didn't my have a favorite <clears throat> I'm excited that my favorite Purdue football player, Corey Trice, is drafted by my favorite NFL team. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. That's <laughs> only, only happened uh, like that's that's why Rod Woodson's my all time favorite athlete, right? Because he. You know, it's a shame he has for, to play uh, for such a terrible, Steelers, so. terrible team. I'll be really excited to see him, uh, you know, to see him out there and, and see what he's doing. Really do, excited right? to see him like almost win. <clears throat> Lose to Joe Burrow and the Bengals every year for the next ten years. You would wish you would wish that on a on a Purdue alum. No, I I'm mean, just saying the team in general. I, I mean, hope I hope I hope Corey shot. does well. Yeah. I hope Corey does well. But I hope I hope all of his teammates stink. I hope he does well though. Same so, thing with the Bengals. I hope. Charlie Jones goes bananas, but how dare you? Like Cincinnati falls in their. Oh yeah! Congrats to the Colts for finally not being a retirement home for quarterbacks. Way to go! <laughs> Took you ten years. Congratulations! <laughs> hey, win a Super Bowl. We so almost Russ, did. I, uh, almost. Russ, am I correct in that you're pretty you're pretty in the know about the draft? Meanwhile, David. I was gonna say I was looking at Russ like, all right, Russ, let's just keep it low key over here. Don't tell anybody we're Cowboys fans. Just e doggy. Yeah, I would not mention that. See, Russ, Russ just throws out of the call. Yeah, That's how bad he didn't want to tell anybody. <laughs> look, look how he looks like he's an abracadabra model. Like, what? <laughs> looks like he's he looks trying like to be. Oh my god! My fellow guys hit the other morning. <laughs> oh, there he is. You awake Russ? there, buddy? Russ, are you there? <laughs> Russ, no, wake up! Get off the phone. It screws up. The <laughs> I ask you first, first, first. No, but uh, in between all this, just one, I just noticed this. I have the YouTube live pulled up here, uh, just in case any comments come in. Uh, shout out to everybody. We're at 70 subscribers now on YouTube, so that's pretty cool. That's exciting. Which uh, one of those? I'm going to unsubscribe, so it's 69. Oh, yeah, that'd be perfect, actually. Nice. Go ahead and do that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, 
Did he just get that? No, I just oh. I was trying to hold it in because I'm oh. not well. <laughs> we both laugh at yeah, balls, you're right. and you're gonna make yeah. fun. You're, don't all throw right. me under know. the bus, all right? <laughs> We're in this together, Chris. Okay, fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so basketball. Off the rails. <laughs> hey, go, Damon. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this just in on basketball. Uh, there's a tall guy from Canada coming to play, coming back to to Purdue. Uh, to play some more basketball. So that's um, pretty awesome. No, but Zach Eady is returning. He officially that's declared that's it. he was running it back, um, which I was pretty 50-50 on. I had no clue if he was coming back. Honestly, the day of, I was pretty sure he was going to go to the NBA. It just felt like it. it. just feels like that's how it always happens for us. Anytime there's a glimmer of hope, it just... We have to set ourselves up for major disappointment. See, I, do, I feel like that's not true. Like the, or I guess it, I would say it's not true with guys going to the NBA. I feel like it's pretty clear. Like I really AJ, wanted Carson to stay. The only surprise to me was AJ Hammond that he stayed another year. Yeah, I really want. I knew. I know Carson like had a strike while the iron was hot, but I really wanted Carson Wait, Edwards. I, to stay. And I think if he would have, if if NIL would have been like a year or two, if it, if NIL would have started when he was in, uh, when he was at Purdue, I think he would have maybe stayed. I'm kind of glad he didn't because he would have went straight into COVID and not had the NCAA. Oh, that's true too. Yeah, perspective. Bad times, but it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I still haven't gotten a hat. I wonder why. Yeah, yeah don't Thanks. ask for one. Thanks, Kyle. Don't ask for one. But uh, yeah, so Zach E.D. returned. What were you guys' immediate thoughts on that? I know uh, we... I almost wrecked my car when I got that alert. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Good lord! And how many of us got got by the uh, the troll accounts? Oh my god! Oh man, they were so terrible. John Ross, yeah. according to my sources, twelve followers. All right. Yeah. According to my sources, yeah, I like my. I know it was my tweet, but I was pretty happy about the my wife's cousin's chicken's dog told me that he was. <laughs> He's always right. I mean, that's how today's been. <laughs> that's how the Midwest. That's how news gets around the Midwest. Yeah. It's your dog's cousin's right. chicken's dog. But I, I really feel like Zach, like honestly, didn't know until like like when it when it was announced, um, because some pretty reputable people uh, close to the situation were saying that like, even like, like noon that day that it was still 50, 50 for him. Mm -hmm. um, which like really raises the question for me, like, was he getting feedback from teams that like, Hey, we might draft you. Like we might draft you late first, early second. I mean, I, I know he had, you know, he'd stated he wanted some guaranteed money. Um, but that's just, he, honestly, like, I don't know what the recipe is to, to, to play in the NBA. There have been so many players who have declared and stayed in the draft. And I've thought, man, they're never going to, like, they're never going to play. I don't know why they're doing that. And then they, I won't name any names and, you know, they, they go off and have a great career. And then the opposite, I, you know, see a guy I'm like, yeah, it makes total sense that he's going. And then he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a career. Um, it, it just, it, so I, I, I don't know what the recipe is or the rhyme or reason, but. Um, at the end of the day, you know, like Painter said, he Zach knew what he was getting by coming back to Purdue. Um, he was getting a pretty good NIL deal from what it sounds like. And, you know, if he would have been taking a gamble going to the next level. So I'm thrilled to have him back. I know there's been a lot of talk about how are we going to distribute minutes. Um, that's that's I, I'm I, I, I don't envy Painter for having to figure that out because that's going to be a, a tough, uh, tough puzzle to solve. But um yeah, super, super stoked to, to have Zach back in the black. I'll be black. honest, though, like, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm real happy that, that that is something. Because look at how many times. I mean, look, 
you know, last year, maybe not last year, but how many times have we had like, oh man, we're thin at the point guard. Hope this works out. Thank God Braden Smith did. And um, Jenkins did well, but um, like going into that season, it was like, holy crap, I'm not sure we're going to be able to do this. Um, where, yeah, I just think that uh, it'll be, it'll be good. And it'll be uh, it'll be a good problem to have. I'm pretty sure you know. Painter's gonna talk through it, buddy. They return ninety two percent of or eighty six percent of their minutes are um, played, and we get a really athletic two um, or three, depending on which recruiting service you look at. Um, so I think that I mean, there's no reason this can't be another really wild ride. And, the, and that's what I think is going to come from this is more position versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, because, you know, it, it's crazy because you, you think of Mason Gillis as a power forward. He, he's 6'6". I mean, but he plays the power forward position. That's what his skill set alludes to. I mean, Ethan Morton's 6'7", and he's more of a 2'3". So I, I just think that, I mean, maybe out of necessity, we're going to have a little bit more positionless basketball uh, to use that term mm-hmm. that everyone loves. But uh, I just think that we're going to, like, I think we may see Gillis at the three some this season, or or maybe a lot this season. I mean, I could I could see a lineup of Edie, you know, first Gillis, you know, at the at the five four three, or you know, E T K R Gillis, or I mean, maybe T K R at the. I mean, there's there, there's just so many options now, especially that we have William Burke. Look at the draft combine. What if Painter goes bananas and tries some? ridiculous outside three-point shooting with 80. Do I think it happens? Probably not, but... Well, I'm, I'm really I'm really glad you brought that up because, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, that video did surface of, of Zach, um, you know, hitting some mid-ranges, you know, over and over again. He was hitting some, you know, some 16-footer, 17-footers, and then he stepped out to the three-point line. I think I counted seven in a row that he made, uh, which, which prompted, like, controversy for only, like, 24 hours in the Twitter world about whether or not that should have been allowed or unveiled in Purdue's offense to allow Edie to, to shoot from the outside. Was he um, guarded, though, like when he was shooting those? No, no, they were just like warm-up type shots. But you, you've, I mean, you didn't even see that in Purdue basketball warm-ups with him. Like you never saw him. It was almost like it, it wanted, it was like a, like a closely guarded secret, maybe, hmm. you know, that Edie could have the ability to step out and shoot threes. But I would I would love to have this conversation to get everyone's opinion on this. Um, but I think that if Painter didn't have ED shooting threes or even, you know, 15, 17 footers, and there's probably a pretty good reason for it. Um, Cause there's, I just can't imagine a scenario where he's like, Hey, my seven foot four center can shoot and can shoot well in a guarded situation, but I'm not going to do that. I just, I, I can't, I, I can't imagine a scenario where that's the case. I will but. say the one time that I can think of that scenario is that, Doing it in practice and doing it in games is two wildly different things. And where sure he might, you know, say he shoots even on a good day, thirty five percent. We'll just call it like an average number, thirty five percent. He's seventy percent when he's next to the rim. So I think you outweigh the risk reward. You give up the possibility of missing a three to get four points on two almost guaranteed back to back baskets. Right. And he, he also, he just draws so much attention in the post that he opens up guys that are great shooters like Fletcher lawyer and Braden Smith and 
um, you know, everybody else uh, as well. So I think him being in the post is so much more of a threat than him being out of three because there's not like, yeah, like TKR, uh, he can post up like Caleb can kind of post up, but there's not really another big post threat like him, you know, that he could dish it to in the post if he was to get, um, you know, if he was to get, you know, double teamed or whatever out on the three point line, which I don't think he would ever get double teamed on the three uh, as him. But yeah, well, no. I think he, he's just so much more effective, I think, in the post versus being a one or two shots a game three point shooter. And Damon, I, I was say, Damon, I, I I completely agree with you. And Chris, you are right. He's seventy two percent at the rim, you know, and 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 the paint on the season. So I I think you put the seven foot four, three hundred pound guy where he has the biggest advantage, uh, and 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 that's in the post, and that most of the other team's players who are guarding him are six inches shorter than him and fifty pounds lighter. Uh, and so if you put him on the perimeter. You know, let's say he's a he's a thirty five percent three point shooter. Let's, let's say he's you know slightly above average in that regard. Um, you know, you're only going to need to guard him one on one, and that's you know that it, that's still not a high as high of a quality shot as him scoring in the paint. Um, but I, I, that being said, I would love to just just out of curiosity to see like a couple pick and pops a game, right. just uh, to, if you can actually. I feel do like that. you keep the defense honest, and it opens up that pick and roll more. I feel yeah, like it would just be like when Matt Harms shot threes. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. I feel like that's really what it would be like. Or what could happen with Will Berg? Because was isn't he like a 42 percent three point shooter in Sweden? Something like that. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a fairly good shooter, and and yeah, I just think that you know you you keep Edie where where he has the advantage, um, and I I would just love to see you know the other team's face if they if they play drop coverage and he just steps out and it's like, well, I'm gonna. I'm going to shoot this three now uh, and just, just to see, see how that goes. But, you know, we know and most people know that, you know, shooting a three and warm up is so much different than shooting in the game. I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the decision-making factor of it. It's like, as the ball's traveling toward you to decide, okay, I'm going to catch this and then release it. Like you don't have the, the ability to set your feet, you know, and the difference between a contested three and an un- uncontested three yeah, it's just, it, it's very different in a game atmosphere. So to, for him to hit seven in a row in a warm up atmosphere, I don't know how that translates to a game. Um, so um, I was talking about golf earlier, and uh, it, it, it to me it's like going to the driving range and going, hey, six or seven out of ten of my drives go right down the middle of the, the driving range. It's awesome. But then you get on the course and only one out of ten actually ends up in the fairway. It's because you've got one shot. And <laughs> uh, most of us have been to, a, been to a Purdue game or any college game in person, and when you see the warm-ups, you know, all respect to guys that are walk-ons, but walk-ons are draining every shot in a row in warm-ups. Like nobody's missing a shot in warm-ups hardly. And so, yeah, Edie can do it in a warm-up, but like I wonder if they tried to draw that up in scrimmages and it didn't work out. And so they said, well, if we can't work it out in scrimmages, then we're not going to implement it in the game. We're going to let the guys that are higher percentage shooters take their yeah. shots. And I – uh I've been thinking about it a little bit. You know, he's improved so much year to year. I don't know how much more he can improve from this year to next year, but that makes me really excited as well. He's just skyrocketed every year. Every dude year. He's a sponge so when it comes to learning basketball is the thing I've noticed. Like that dude just, just absorbs everything that Brantley and Painter and everybody on staff's teaching him. It's just it's and his footwork, at least from what we saw at the combine, has gotten so much faster, so much better. So, I mean, who knows what he's going to be doing. So, 
Oh, when they were running them rim to rim, like like full full speed, I'm like, man, where's this speed? Like, I, like I would love to see him pull down a rebound and then just go on a fast break. I would. I was love thinking that, dude. That. What? Imagine just him like getting on a fast break, getting them on just like windmilling. He wouldn't even have to try. Yeah. They've really got to reinforce Mackey's for. And and I so like one one area, and it, it's hard to critique the national player of the year for sure. Um, but one area I feel like he could improve in is is his passing, especially if he does have aspirations most, yeah. to play at the next level. Um, I mean, you, not to you know compare anyone to Nikola Jokic, but you watch him play. I mean, you you can't guard him because he can score in the post, and you double team him, and he's the best passer on the floor in almost every game he plays. So, you know, if Ed could like consistently just. Even like like Trevion style passes. I mean, that's not even necessary, but just something you know where, where he can he can find open shooters in a creative way. I mean, man, like that we're talking like unguardable type of offense if he could do that. Because I was you know one thing he did was he was he was kind of bad passing out of double teams. I'm mean, not not bad, but he can improve in that area. Yeah, um, and I'm sure the NBA gave him that feedback as well, and and that's one of the reasons Painter welcomes you know players declaring for the draft and. Uh, getting that feedback is he he even says that like he can tell them something over and over again and then it doesn't land until they hear it from an NBA scout. Um, so that's um, you know if he does want to play pro, which it sounds like he does, I'm I'm sure he'll take that criticism to heart and and work on it. So also kind of a uh, transition to the next part of basketball that I think is actually kind of a big piece of news, but I mean it's gained a lot of traction locally, but not really national. Is, uh, is Sasha becoming a part? staff i think that's going to be that's going to be huge for all the guys in the backcourt yeah he's a director of player personnel right yep what exactly and i and i only ask this because i literally just don't know what does a director of player personnel do like are they a direct player personnel right but like what does that mean like is he checking on guys to make sure they're doing their schoolwork is he like what what does that even like what does that mean well, if he does the same thing that uh, Jeff's brother did, it's basically Ooh, shots fired. The facility. Oh, Russ, coming Ooh, from I'm the sorry. top rope. Golly. Goodness gracious. I'm going to have to cut that out. Yeah, that's going to. We're going to get a cease and desist from the Brom family. The fans of the birds with teeth are going to come after us. My goodness. So, did we ever? Do we ever get a definitive answer as to whether or not Sasha is okay with certain nicknames yes i think that was fine i think it's okay. if you put it on a shirt yeah. boiler literally put it on a shirt <laughs> he, he, and... he promoted a shirt yeah if you make there money there, off there, there, there's some controversy over people using some nicknames about sasha so um yeah i'm, I'm call me whatever just don't call me i'm, I'm super excited to see sasha yes. back in the uh in the in the the, the, the produce staff um he's yeah any guys who are struggling with their shot he's definitely going to be able to help them Oh my God, and, uh, you, I, I imagine a summer of Sasha coaching Fletcher. Oh my God. Which I mean, and Sasha has given so much praise to Fletcher too. Yeah. Um, and just when I when I think about Sasha, the first thing that comes to mind is his his, his release. I I can't remember a career player who had a faster release. Like it's almost like he like he would catch the ball in motion with his hands. Like it's like get his hands moving upward. Matthias got pretty What's quick. That? Matthias got yeah no he yeah he was quick I mean and 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 so was Carson but I I just feel like Sasha was was on another level like he would he would get the ball in and out of his hands so fast 
Um, I mean, Ryan Klein, by the time he was a senior, he, he was, he was up there too, but. That was um, my thought was Ryan Klein. I feel like, I feel like Sasha took the cake for fastest release though, but that was just my opinion. Um, so I, I hate that I missed uh, the ED talk because uh, I wanted to take a half a victory lap really quick on some of the rumors and some Can of the even things run that brought half up. Lap? Uh, back in November. Back, back, <laughs> I said, Can you even run half a lap? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> hey, careful. Okay. Careful. You get <laughs> run over by true. your oh, true. True. Um, But uh, so back in November, December, we did uh, the player drafts, and I don't have many Frank big brain moments, but I was pretty proud of some of the stats that I looked up and some of the things we talked about. And that was where I brought up that uh, Edie could not only come back for this year, but could come back for a fifth year. So as much as after next year, he could be like top two or three in scoring in many stats in our school's history, he could come back one more year and they're erecting a statue for him. Uh, The other thing I'm going to bring up, because I know that this narrative is going to happen this year, is everybody's going to talk about how many players in Purdue history did all those stats in like three years. Like, oh, yeah, but Edie's done it in four years, and now he might come back for a fifth year. Well, my my answer to that is look at his minutes his freshman and sophomore year. Right? He was 14 minutes his freshman year and uh, 19 minutes his sophomore year. These guys that you're talking about, whether it's like Big Dog or Mount or whoever, they came in and played big minutes from the from the jump. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's the one thing I, I want to – kind of jump out ahead of that I know we're going to hear this year when they start talking about him in all-time stats. And he's already like, what, 22nd in scoring in school history? Yeah. Uh, stat uh, department, you got that on him? Yeah, yeah uh, I think I, I think that is right. And the the, the one, <laughs> one thing we can add to that uh, as well is that he's never attempted a three in his career as well. Um, and so – Neither have I. But, but, Russ, I will say if Jordan Bohannon – was awarded the Big Ten three-point shooting record, which which it took him five years of playing to achieve, Seven and, a and half. will likely will likely never be broken. So he has 455 career-made threes. Damn. And the, the next the next below him was at 374. Like so, that record's oh, wow. probably never going to be broken. Well, he and, have oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, Fletcher lawyer, you're he's listening. So Fletcher, that's clock. a call out to you. Yeah, yeah, Fletcher. Yeah, we challenge you. Uh, Hey, and Miles and Kane and Catchings, all you know, all you guys, come on now. Well, okay, yeah, I mean, all, all those, all those guys are capable of doing it. It's, it's crazy because you know Carson's seventeenth at two hundred and eighty-one. Like that's and it Carson just, felt like he was lights out all the time. That's crazy. Yeah, it, just, least, it seemed like Carson was chucking up, you know, you know ten to fifteen threes a game. But I, Carson so not if, had a three of forty stretch. I think he'd probably been high. But if yeah, if true. Jordan Bohannon can be awarded that. Then I see nothing wrong with whatever ED accomplishes in the possible five years. Because I remember thinking, like, man, like, like, I mean, yeah, did he technically shoot the most threes? Yes, but like, he did it in five years because of COVID. Like, it just, it, it felt unfair to, um, you know, to the other people. But uh, because of that, whatever happens with ED, you know, so be it. That's just, that's just the way it is. So, real quick sidebar, um, we were talking about. I was talking about the director of player personnel earlier. And I looked up a job application for a director of player personnel at a, at a university that I, I won't name names or anything. But um, so examples of work performed directs the day to day operations of the university's player personnel division. 
Okay. Chris nailed well, it. Well, you can't uh... define a word with the word. <laughs> okay, so they oversee activities associated with viewing game highlights, films to evaluate athlete performances for recruiting potential. Um, they coordinate on-court coaches for organizations of activities and information for analyzing potential recruits. Uh, oversees the development of fall and spring evaluation schedules. Stays abreast of all NCAA recruiting compliance rules and updates staff as needed. Sounds like my kind of um, job. Yeah. So, um, kind of a, a whole hodgepodge mm -hmm. of, of things. Um, perform similar or related duties assigned or required. Um, so he might be oh. he might be putting stickers uh, on Ross Aid here soon with uh, Paul and the other guys too, if that duty gets assigned to him. So, well, oh, that had Chris, to be a tough job. Oh, it was hot that day too. Chris dropped, I think it was Chris or no, Russ. Russ dropped a name uh, that I, I feel like we haven't talked about since all the comments. The the stuff happened. The cannon catchings. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about like the four days of pure chaos due to a uh, a post on a message board about an Instagram account which may or may not have changed a, a picture may or may not have been archived. And just like the entire Purdue fan base went mm -hmm. to a frenzy. Bananas. Welcome. Welcome to Twitter in the off season. Welcome to Twitter. It was like it, like everything that Cannon catchings had ever put on any form of social media was being analyzed like under a microscope. And it was like, well, this sentence from this tweet from four years ago, he didn't use a period. And so that means like we can we can we can extrapolate upon that and means that today he's actually going to decommit. I mean it was like it was like all these crazy conspiracy theories. They go after grammar, yeah. I'd be screwed. Jeez. Yeah, it, it, it was it was crazy. It was just absolutely Don't crazy. But, good. Uh still but seems like he's all in on Purdue. I saw him tweet yesterday at a at a potential recruit, uh, you know, trying to trying to get him to to uh, you know to to come to Purdue. So uh yeah, uh, it looks like whatever and crisis. I've seen, I've seen, seen guys him. like Brian Newbert too talk to him about talk about him as a Purdue recruit, Purdue recruit this, Purdue recruit cannon catching, cannon catching, blah blah blah. So, mm -hmm. yeah, all seems well. And I and I saw that post too. I think somebody had tagged him in a. I think it was Trent Sisley. Yeah, tagged, he, uh, he got tagged in that post, and they they were like, "Cannon, do your thing." And he was like, "He knows what school to go to," and he like smiled with it. So. All seems well in the the cannon catchings world. Um, so hopefully he comes Purdue. Great name not. too, by the way. It's a solid name. Yeah. So. Well, if I were him, I just would have sat back and just like watched the because that's what everyone was like. Well, if he's not if he's not leaving, he's not decommitting. Why is he not saying anything? I'm like, if that were me, I'd be like, this is hilarious. I'm just gonna like sit back and watch this. That would be my response. I would just post. I would just post pictures of me wearing different colored T-shirts, not even related to any schools or anything. Just like wear a purple shirt. Oh, he's going to Northwestern now. Back off from the top rope. It's kind of catchings. Love it. Kind of like Edie leaned into the uh, the draft and. You know, taking his name out rumors where he's like, "Wow, I'm glad y'all know what's going on before yeah, I even get you turned." That's great. Yeah, I think we should also call out the fact that uh, Dockage was wrong uh, about Zach Eady. So no, we should, we should call that, that out every episode. It. What? Yeah, that's never happened in the history. Uh, <laughs> were incorrect. Wow, I can't believe his sources okay. would do him like that. That's crazy. Yeah, honestly, I mean that, and I just think that that was really crazy because, like, five minutes before Dockage tweeted that. Some random person with like eight followers tweeted that uh, Zach, like word on the street is Zach E to the transfer portal. And I remember because I sent that to you. I don't know why I saw it on Twitter. 
And like five minutes later, Dockage was like, sources, are, I'm, I'm hearing from my sources. So I literally just think he's on Twitter searching for Zach Eady over and over again. Uh, and then as soon as he sees something, he's just going to call it a source. But that's my theory, and I'm going to stick to it. So Sorry, question. We're all, uh, we're all chatting at each other in the, yeah, in the Damon, private now. Damon being rude. And, and insulting one another. Wow. These, are, these are horrible. I right. I mean, my goodness. Jeez. She took a straight you know, bullet. Another question on Zach Eady. If uh, he... If he if he comes back, which we we know he is, but he, say he comes back and he puts together a similar performance to last season, is it insane to think he wins National Player of the Year again? Would would they ever give that award to the same player two years in a row? Because it, it, it's it's unprecedented before Oscar Shibway, right? The National Player but National Player of the Year comes back, but Oscar Shibway plays for Kentucky, where they always have a lot of talent. I can't see. I can't see a scenario where Zach Eady doesn't perform at least similar to how he did last season. Um, I think he's got to have, I think he's going to have to average like 28 points a game for him to win the national play of the year again, just because now 23 points a game, 12 rebounds. That's his expectation. That's his bar. I think it more depends on if he's as dominant. I think if he scores, what was his average last year? 23. Hello. Is this thing working? 23 Hello? and 12? 23? Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Um, okay. Damon's sassy tonight. My goodness. <laughs> okay, cool. See you guys. Um, <laughs> so I think even if he averages 23, but he's, as he's such a presence like he was this year, I think it. I think with Edie, it's less about maybe the production, more of just the, the orbit that he creates by being such a large human and such a, an unstoppable force that he could average the same as long as he, because I think that award goes to more less of the top scoring player and more the most dominant. And, and that's well, it, for sure what he was. And It's interesting what we saw from like a guy like Drew Timmy last season where he had shown, you know, the year before that he can pretty much score anyone one-on-one, but then he, he almost turned into a, a I'm going to draw attention and, and distribute sort of role last season. Um, yeah, I'd be curious to see if Edie does, does something similar. If he he looks to score maybe a little bit less and looks to create for his teammates maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, there's no right or wrong. I'll just be just be curious to see if that happens. Yeah, and my, my thought too is that if he dips two points in his average but averages four more assists, that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. So we've just been uh, we've just been presented with a, a trivia question, uh, which I'm really excited to hear. So, as soon as you know, I'm, I'm like yeah, because you're that old stats guy. Um, yeah, I know for most of them, you, you <laughs> laid up. I got it. Walk oh, into that one. Frank Walk into that one. Frank's got the like big data mining computer that he like pulls all the analytics and makes charts and percentages and all that stuff. I get into like the historical stats. I love. You know, who's got what record? When's the last time this happened? Whatever. So when he said it's unprecedented that somebody would win the award two years in a row, National Player of the Year, who was the last guy to do it in any of the major awards? Because there's like, I know there's. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think it had happened before at all. It, wow. um, it has. It, was it in the. Has it, has it been in within the last 20 years? It uh, is not in Larry my Bird. lifetime. Wow. Like, we're going back to uh, Joseph. Who's the guy that invented basketball? Is it Joseph Basement? <laughs> <laughs> now, was this Magic one they Johnson. shot in peach baskets or? 
Um, so this was no more recent than that. Um, uh, <laughs> Were you? At he's that a game? pretty famous guy. Pretty famous <laughs> guy. Magic Johnson. Before he was born. <laughs> How does Chris walk back into it? Is it How is is, is it or is it not Magic Johnson? Um, okay, what's the question? Right. Sorry, it is not Magic Johnson. It's Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Is Michael Jordan. Oh, that's obvious. Michael Jordan. Exactly. Is Michael Jordan confirmed? You heard it here, folks. Who's the guy that played at Kansas for like 10 years? I couldn't think of his name. I was going to say him. Perry Ellis? Perry Ellis. Yeah, I was going to go with Perry Ellis. Anytime you think of a guy who played at Kansas for 10 years. (laughs) Perry Ellis. It's like that kid who played Oregon football for nine years or whatever. (laughs) It's kind of like Duke and uh, any of the Plumleys. It's like I was like a Plumley on the Duke roster for like 12 years. I wonder if people thought about like the Anthrops. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> wow, guys! I know it's been a while since we've been on the pod, but like this whole disdain you have, I'm not for it. I'm not having a good time, <laughs> even though I've been dragging Dude, nuts. Want you cry about it? I will. <laughs> right after the podcast, go go cry. All right, so <clears throat> we've talked about nerd. Talked wow, about Zach wow. Eady. We're all excited he's coming back. We're all excited about the what ifs. Um, something that's kind of been a, a little bit of a controversy that not a controversy, but a debate that people have been having that I don't know that a lot of us thought would be much of a debate, but starting lineups for next year. Um, it seems like that two or three is it the three spot or the two spot that's kind of everybody's talking about. They're not I'm yes. not sure who's the three spots definitely been a lot of talk about oh, yeah, that three sorry. spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so a lot of people are debating whether or not Ethan Morton should start next year. And I think Oh man, just put it out there. Yeah, put Ooh. it out there. I mean show of hands. Who thinks Ethan Morton should start? Okay. Oh. All right. We have we I mean I, I, I embrace disagreement. I really do. So I don't know that I disagree. Like I know he's a fantastic defender. I just agreed with Frank. I mean <laughs> but and he doesn't need to be like a lights out, you know you know, sniper or anything like that, but just if what, like what's the average per game? Does anybody know off the top of their head here? Uh, I, th- I think it, on the season was like six. Okay. Well, cause I was going to say if it could, if it could bump up to like 10, I'd be all for him starting. Um, but I mean, that's, but at the expense of who, so who's, who's going to score less if he gets more shots? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. But sorry, I was, in, I was incorrect. Gonna, it was uh four, this 3.8 points. Per wow, game. Frank was wrong. That never happened. Yeah, yeah. but so if he's, if he's on the if he's on the floor, you have a better defensive player on the floor and more likelihood to get turnovers, creating more possessions. So, so you might not necessarily have to take points from somebody else to give to him. Hmm. Well, here's 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 my take on that. I think that. You know, toward the end of the season, we did see Newman starting for for Morton, so Painter obviously saw something there. Um, and you know, one thing that was interesting about that that change is Newman really embraced the the differences between him and Ethan Morton, and that he kind of had that pick six ability. Um, so you saw Brandon Newman playing really aggressive defense, going for steals, and when he would get him, he'd take him down for an easy layup. Where Morton doesn't necessarily have that level of athleticism. Um, but I think, you know, for the majority of this season, Purdue's offense was Ken Palm top three, and that was with a starting Ethan Morton. Um, and, you know, I think the fact that 
we don't need Ethan Morton to be a high level scorer in that he, you know, does the other things we need to do to win. And the fact that he embraces that role and seems to be okay with that. I, I, I see that as, as, as a good thing, you know, mm-hmm. because you, you, you have to have those players. You have to have those players that do everything you need to win besides score. Cause the majority of the time you're on the court, you're not scoring, you're, you're doing other things. Um, so I think that, you know, you don't fix what's not broken. I think when you have a top three offense, you know, you, you kind of just stick with what works. Um, but well, you say not broken, I th- but, ha- but yeah, I think go the, ahead, Russ. I, I was going to say, I think the one thing he needs to improve on, I don't think his points per game necessarily need to go up for me to think that he improves because if you look at his stats from two years ago to last year, the big thing that stands out for me is 44.1% from three point land last year. Ooh. It was 27.7. So, but he went from but he went from two point four points a game to three point eight. So he went up a point and a half per game, which isn't huge. But for your shooting percentage to drop that much means you're shooting more. Well, yeah, I mean, he took so in twenty twenty two he took thirty four threes, uh, and then last season he took ninety four. So I mean, he wow. almost tripled the amount of threes that he took. But mm-hmm. the 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 main thing that I would like to see from Ethan Morton, I don't think anyone would question his, his uh, ability to start, if this were the case, if he were just a consistent, like 34%, like if you, if, if he played hard defense, was diving on the ground for loose balls, like he does, you know, pretty good assist turnover ratio, like he, like he's had, and then just could consistently hit the open shot. No one would complain. Dylan, Um, whenever somebody says Ethan Morton shouldn't start. (laughs) So (laughs) I can't, how are you? If he scores, if he scores four points a game and that four points is off of one or two three-pointers that he spots up and hits a game, that's perfect for this offense. Where he's not having to score anymore, but he still is enough. Of and a honestly, this year it may not even matter. Real, and it, it probably doesn't even necessarily matter matter who's starting because if we've got Miles Colvin Jr. behind him and we've also got Cameron Heidi or Heidi or however anybody says it, still not been confirmed. Um. Yeah, I'm not I mad. Heard, at, I heard Painter say Heidi. I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at any three of those guys having time on the floor. I think Ethan Morton's a great defensive presence. Uh, I've heard fantastic things about Heidi and his athleticism. I've also seen, you know, really great highlights of Miles Colvin Jr. and how explosive he can be, and you know, um, all these things. Uh, so I think that we're in a no matter what, no matter who's starting, I think we're in a good spot for the three next year because people are going to develop. People are going to get time on the floor. Um, so we might see some fluctuation. We might see some, uh, you know, depending on how Miles and Cameron just jump in there and, and how they do, we might see a lot of rotation in that spot. And as far as like who's starting and whatever, I know Painter likes to have a consistent lineup, but we might see a lot of fluctuation in minutes in that in that um, position, especially earlier in, in earlier in the season, which I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. And what if we see like a true small ball lineup? Right, a lineup consisting of Braden, Fletcher, let's say um, Heidi, Gillis, and TKR. Like that that's crazy to think about. Absolutely. Yeah, I, think we I mean, it's it, it just gives us a lot of flexibility. TKR, the backup. He ran a little bit of small ball last year, and it seemed like it worked out really well. And of course, sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said, or I think somebody said that nobody else can transfer out at this point or can somebody still leave it man the, the, 
they could leave, yeah. but they wouldn't be able to play this next year. Okay, wow. You know, sit out of here. Yeah. I think I'm I don't know about you guys, but I'm um, kind of shocked it, that nobody left. I mean, I know Brandon Newman left, but outside of that, that was pretty well expected, especially how the season ended and what he said in that press conference. Um, but I was shocked to not see anybody else yeah. leave, which uh, especially just how college basketball is right now. So shout out to Matt Painter and what he's doing there. What, what, yeah, one last thing I want to say on Ethan Morton's defensive abilities. If anybody questions that, just watch some tape. You don't have to break it down Frank style and get all big brain with it. But in a late game situation, when we put Ethan Morton on the other team's best scorer, what is the other team's reaction every time? They screen the crap out of him to get him off of that score. That should tell you right there what kind of defender he is. A team doesn't look at the defensive matchups and go, hey, that guy's a really bad defender. Let's screen him off of that guy, right? Like, that's not what happens. They see that Ethan Morton's a dominant defender. They know what he can do, so they try to screen him off of it, off of him in late in the games. Because remember, Ethan Morton is 6'7", right? He's, he's massive compared to most guards. So when we put him on an opposing one guard or two guard, he does lock them down. That's why they are screening the crap out of him. So if he's going to get better defensively, we're going to get better defensively, it's Fletch and Braden that's going to have to step up and be more consistent. They made great plays at different times in the season, but if they're more consistent, the teams may think twice about spending all that time trying to screen somebody off of somebody. The, the only thing that I will say to that is that you, you talked about, and I, I agree, like if we're talking about the entire game, I agree, you know, double screening and, and all that shows what great of a player he is. But I think at the end of a game, if this is like a game – Games on the line moment. I think they would double screen anybody to get their best shooter open. I don't think it would matter who was on them. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what that that's a really good point because yeah. really in a, in a crunch time scenario, you're gonna you're gonna run a stagger for your best shooter. That's that's definitely true. Um, but, well, I just think you know, Russ, to kind of add to what you said, uh, um, this is gonna sound maybe arrogant or snobby, but I feel like the average basketball fan doesn't understand the complexities of basketball defense. Like it just. It, basketball defense is such a hard thing to execute and execute well. Nobody and, understands it as well as you do. No, no, no. I, no, I, I have, I have, I have a rough I'll idea. The brain. No, don't, yeah. don't. I have, I have, I have a rough idea, don't. but I, I don't honestly don't know the half of it. But it takes, it takes so much communication. It takes five people being on the same page at all times, and like having eyes in the back of their head, and. and and he does such a great job of commanding and just just taking ownership of leading the defense when he's on the floor. He's directing people. He's screaming as loud as he can. He's letting people know where screens are coming from. I mean, he's he the, and and that's the kind of stuff that that you just will never show up on a stat sheet, and the average fan just would have no idea that that's that's even going on out there. Um, and that's that's where I feel like his his value is 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 at its greatest. <clears throat> Hear me out. What if Painter needs like an emergency starting five? Huh? That's us. Yeah. 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 Hey, I, put, I, got, I, I would. Ref- I would. I would refund. I would take a loan out to refund everybody's <laughs> season tickets and apologize. Yeah. What are you and saying? Listen, I'll cherry pick. We'll be all right. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'll cherry pick. I ain't doing yeah. much. I'll get the rebounds there. and I'll just chuck them your direction. Like as soon as a shot goes up, just sprint down like straight Lamelo ball. And, and then Russ will be setting you know? picks like a son of a gun. Yeah. I will be getting. <laughs> Dude, the greatest compliment I ever got playing pickup basketball was a guy literally said, "You play pickup basketball like <laughs> the janitor." And I was like, "You are the Dude, janitor." Like I would love that. Like that's, you, you think that that's a, a disrespectful statement? No, Russ, that's you a are. That's, that's give him a set of keys because he's the janitor. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. oh god cool well um yeah really good podcast tonight guys i think we had really good discussions it was good having brand on here and and telling everybody watching about uh our partnership with big banter so we're super Have excited you gotten about the email that. that he's 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 decided to take that offer back yet I haven't gotten that yet. Oh, no, good. I think right, he, he, uh, I have gotten one that says he's going to drug test everybody. So. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Big yikes. <laughs> Russ, but, uh, watch out. Dylan's taking horse tranquilizers. Uh, this shot. is a family show. I'm not going to. I guess I am. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Well, uh, we better get out of here before anybody else does anything. So, thank you, guys. thank you everybody for uh, tuning tuning in and watching tonight. Uh, as always, uh, love having you guys on here, and we appreciate the commentary and the, uh, the comments and everything. And um, I'm not sure when our next episode is going to be, but hopefully it'll be sooner than later. Uh, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. So, boiler up, hammer down. Thanks for watching. Boiler up. Boiler up. Oh, I always want to get the last word. Boiler up. Chris, Chris, Chris needs Taco Bell.